have you made a commitment to exercise only to fall off the bandwagon a few weeks later? When your period starts, do you know why your body is craving more food and how to nourish it well? Or have you ever got angry at your body for failing you, but also failing the possibly unrealistic goals that you set for yourself? What about using exercise as a way to punish yourself or a way to cancel out what you think is a bad choice, a poor choice, instead of moving your body in a way that supports your entire health as a woman? Hey there, welcome to Letters to Women. It's a podcast where we embrace and explore what it means to live out the feminine genius in our daily lives as Catholic women. In other words, what does life fully alive as a Catholic woman look like today? And what does that mean for you? My name is Chloe Langer, and in today's episode, I am sitting down with Mairead Sutoff. Mairead is a board-certified athletic trainer and a fertility awareness instructor trained in the FEM protocol. She's also the creator of Sync Up, which is an online course that helps you navigate how to sync, how you move your body, how you feed yourself, and how you take care of yourself, all based on your fertility as a woman. So if you're ready to approach exercise, nutrition, and self-care in a way that honors the way that God made your body and created your hormones to fluctuate each month, sister, this letter is for you. This episode of the Letters to Women podcast is sponsored by The Little Catholic Box. The Little Catholic Box is a quarterly subscription box for Catholic women. Each quarter, Erica curates fun, unique Catholic items around a spiritual theme, and it's so much fun to be a subscriber, but it's also a blessing to the artists and creators and small business owners whose items get featured in these boxes. Their fourth quarter boxes are shipping to subscribers this month, and they have a limited number of single boxes available for purchase. So if you'd like to take a look, visit thelittlecatholicbox.com. You can order a single box right from that homepage. While single boxes are currently available, new subscription signups are closed until December. So if you need a great Christmas gift for any Catholic woman in your life, just hop over onto their waitlist now so that you get early access when subscriptions open up in December. New subscribers signing up in December will get their first box in February. But if you're purchasing the Little Catholic Box as a gift, Erica is going to be sending you a personalized Christmas card to you or the gift recipient with a bonus gift so there's something tangible to stick under the tree. Get on the wait list at thelittlecatholicbox.com slash LTW to get access to that bonus gift when subscription signups are open back in December. And if you're a fellow coffee lover, you're going to love the gift that they're sending out to Letters to Women listeners. Now, let's get started with this conversation with Mairead. Today, I'm welcoming Mairead Sutoff to the podcast. She is a board-certified athletic trainer and a fertility awareness instructor trained in the FEM protocol. She has years of experience both using and teaching FEM for optimal health cycle awareness, body literacy, and natural family planning. Mairead, welcome to Letters to Women. It's so good to sit down and visit with you. Thank you so much, Chloe. I'm super excited to be here. So today we're going to be having a conversation about hormonal health and why there's a really good possibility that we as women have been working out totally wrong and how cycle syncing can be the key to unlocking the frustration that I think a lot of us have with things like exercise, nutrition, self-care, and our health overall. But to start us off, Mairead, can you tell me a little bit about your story as a Catholic woman, especially for women who are getting to know you here for the first time in this episode? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a cradle Catholic and um, I have you know, kind of a typical cradle Catholic story. So really nothing unusual. Um, I grew up with a wonderful family who have really been an inspiration in so many ways in the Catholic faith. And 
as well as um, being exposed to Catholicism through different school experiences and many friends outside of the family. But I think that in particular, I have noticed that I am really going through in different seasons. And I'm sure that you can attest to this as well, Chloe. When, you know, when you're in college and you're able to spend as much time as you want doing whatever you want, um, it's much easier to prioritize time spent, whether it's going to daily mass or praying rosary or going to adoration and coming into this season now of being a mom with two little kids I feel like that has totally shifted my faith and how I practice that and it's been a very sometimes frustrating (laughs) um, method of practicing my faith but at the same time I noticed that it's really beautiful because as my daughter starts to get older I have a three-year-old and a seven-month-old well eight-month-old now But as she starts to get older, she is, you know, more inquisitive and asking harder questions. And there are times and moments that I think to myself, like, oh, my goodness, I don't have the patience for this. Or, you know, you you turn to them and you say, can you just trust me on this? And this is the time of my life right now that I really feel like I am being called back into my own childhood and to my own need for a childlike trust in Jesus. So it's been a really beautiful season in my life. And I've just been reflecting on that a little bit more recently, because as I said, her questions have gotten sometimes more frustrating, sometimes more difficult to answer. Um, But in all these ways, I'm being reminded of my own need and my own desires, I guess, for the same types of answers, regardless of if, you know, the questions are not the same. And it's really forcing me to try and reflect the love of Christ in my relationship with my daughter, especially. So that's just been, it's been neat to see. When I think back on how my prayer life looked before kids, and I also have two daughters, a almost three-year-old and a seven-month-old. So right around that same, that same season. But yeah, when I think about what prayer looked like before the girls came, it sounds like a retreat. Just, (laughs) I just sat out on the back porch and I prayed for a while and then I drank some coffee. And then now it's just pockets of little prayer throughout the day. And you're right. It doesn't look like what it looked like before, which can be good and frustrating at the exact same time. So yes, that, that resonated with me very much. I know exactly what that's like. (laughs) Yes. I know a lot of women who are listening to this podcast chart their fertility um, using a variety of different fertility awareness-based methods. There's a lot of them out there. But for women who are listening who don't chart their cycles, and honestly, as a refresher for even those who do, I've charted my cycle uh, using Creighton for five years now, and I can always use this refresher. Could you share a little bit about that natural hormone fluctuation that happens month to month, cycle to cycle, what those hormones look like and how they can impact things like our energy levels and our moods. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the easiest way to break it down for anybody to understand the majority of methods are going to break it down this way is into two different phases within the cycle. So first you have the follicular phase and then second you have the luteal phase. And there's really a defining moment um, for those two phases. And that of course is the event of ovulation. So when we're first learning about our cycles, So many people, so many women in particular, obviously don't pay too much attention to anything besides their period because it's so obvious. You know, how do you miss your period unless, of course, you are actually missing a period? But really, the height of the cycle and the most important part of the cycle is ovulation. So all of these methods, regardless of how you're using fertility awareness, hinge on the fact that you are trying to identify ovulation. Um, So the fertile or the follicular phase is that first phase of the cycle, and that includes your period, that includes menstruation, 
And then in that phase is really, I like to kind of uh, refer to it as like the Bob the Builder stage of the cycle when <laughs> everything is really geared towards building up not only um, the activity of your hormones, but any activity um, surrounding like your mood, your energy, all of that is kind of ramping up. So you see initially when you have your period, your hormones are at a low, but then shortly after that, they start to gear up and you'll see a rise in follicle stimulating hormone, which um, comes actually from your brain and it tells your um, ovaries, it tells the eggs within your ovaries that are all housed there, hey, you need to start maturing some more eggs because ovulation is going to happen soon. So those eggs start maturing and they begin to produce estrogen. And estrogen is a very powerful hormone and that is what gives a lot of women more confidence, more energy, really um, makes you glow as a female. And it it helps to um, build up the uterine lining and it changes the structure of cervical mucus. So you're seeing estrogen on the rise, your eggs in those follicles in your ovaries are really growing and maturing. And then you have the release of the luteinizing hormone. And the luteinizing hormone is that hormone that stimulates the actual event of ovulation. So right before ovulation happens, usually about 24 to 36 hours is when the luteinizing hormone is released. And then your egg, housed in your ovary, housed in that um, follicle, that protective sac, is released in the event of ovulation. And that is what cuts off the follicular phase. Because after that, you see that follicle that had been protecting the egg turns into something called the corpus luteum, and it begins to produce progesterone, that progestation hormone, the hormone that is keeping your uterine lining intact and keeping you stable and everything kind of maintained for a little while and it's a very nurturing mothering type of hormone so like i said it keeps things stable it keeps things well maintained all within that luteal phase within that second half of the cycle until either you see a pregnancy has been achieved or the egg was not fertilized and then you see the natural result of that being your period and the cycle starts all over again so within those hormonal fluctuations, as I said, the natural rise of estrogen in particular is what gives you a lot of energy as a female. It's great for actually um, soft tissue recovery. So you see that generally speaking in the follicular phase, especially around ovulation, women tend to go, go, go and not see as many negative results from really being keeping busy in their lives regardless of what they're doing. But also we have a surge of testosterone around ovulation. So that gives us some of the same kinds of results. We end up with more confidence. We're a little bit more outgoing. We are um, a little bit stronger in general. So you see kind of all of those hormones lead to that rise of energy and that rise of um, really pushing yourself out of your comfort zone a little bit. But then with progesterone, with that maintenance type of hormone in the luteal phase, our energy is maintained for a time, but it slowly starts to decline. And we generally see uh, a tendency to be a little bit more introspective in that phase of the cycle and to draw inwards a little bit more. And um, our energy reserves are not going to be nearly as high. So we don't have a t as much of a tendency to go meet people, get things done, you know, check off all the things on our to-do list in that phase of the cycle. So it's really kind of the first half is that activity stage, as I said, Bob the Builder, everything's going, everything's building up, gearing up for ovulation, your energy is high, your strength is high, your mood is typically really great. And then within that luteal phase in the second half, 
things really start to initially stabilize and then start to decline and eventually slow down entirely. That's incredible. And all the ramifications this awareness has on so many aspects of our lives, just thinking about the way that we interact with others, this difference between being a little bit maybe more extroverted, being able to meet people um, versus more introspective. The way that I host dinner parties could shift with an awareness of this change in my hormones month to month, which is just incredible. Absolutely. Yes. And I think this is kind of a game changer for many women, but in particular for women who have a tendency to be more introverted. So myself, I have been told that I'm a functioning extrovert. I really like to meet people. I like to engage. I like to interact, but I need to have that time and space to come back and relax, have some me time, you know, not be out in the social bubble all the time. Like I love people, but give me my space. So when you know how you tend to interact with individuals throughout the month, then it's so much easier to plan for those outings and be properly prepared instead of going out and thinking, oh, why am I here? I'm really not in the mood, you know, or this was a terrible time to try to hang out with friends because I just want to sit at home and read a book. So it's nice to be able to use that data and understand yourself a little bit better in that way instead of thinking like, what's wrong with me? You know, why am I not feeling happy and social? Just like four days ago, five days ago, I was really excited to get out and like go to a party. That makes a ton of sense. So then I know another area of our lives as women that is impacted by this, something that you're really passionate is about the way that we move our bodies because these hormone fluctuations are not taken into account in most, if not all, if not pretty close to all exercise programs, (laughs) at least none that I've tried so far. Yeah. But you recently created this course called Sync Up Exercise in Your Cycles. And it's this really practical way to change your workouts based on data from your cycles. So for women who are hearing this phrase, cycle syncing, for the first time, can you share a little bit more about what that is and where the concept originates from? So this actually dates back to like the early 2000s. And there was a woman who whose name is Gabrielle Lichterman. And she's actually a journalist. And She started investigating, she got kind of curious and started investigating um, what research, what data was out there surrounding women's cycles and how they impacted primarily um, their, how they interacted with people in the workforce. Um, So for instance, women who are in a career like in corporate America. And what she found was, A, there was, you know, not a whole ton of research necessarily available. But what was there was showing that our hormones and our hormonal cycles really have an impact on our moods, our energies, our um, cognitive abilities as well. Like, for instance, we have better depth perception around ovulation because of an increase in estrogen and testosterone, which is fascinating because you think, like, maybe you'll be a little bit better at parking around that time of the month. (laughs) Worth a try. (laughs) Uh, I know, exactly. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um, so little things like that that just shift slightly. And it's not necessarily these huge, crazy changes, you know, but we see that our hormones do cause these shifts within all of these different areas of our lives. Um, and so she was kind of the one who started talking about this. And, you know, she was saying, why are, why are we not having this conversation more? This is fascinating. Women should know this because it impacts so many things. So from there, one of the other women that kind of took off running with this concept is a woman called Alyssa Viti, and um, she created a whole course surrounding this. And her focus really started out primarily um, on the nutrition side of things. So like eating cyclically to support not only the creation of the hormones that you see throughout your cycle, but then also the elimination of them. 
And so she has this whole cycle-based course and it's meant to optimize, you know, as I said, your eating habits throughout the cycle. And then she also incorporates some of these other ideas about your social life, about your self-care, about exercise, and just using that data and using the knowledge that we have on how our hormones impact us in these ways to make little shifts throughout the month. And she's the one who really then, as I said, took off running with that term cycle syncing. And she's actually trademarked the term cycle syncing and has built this whole mini empire around it. Um, But then there is one more woman who I'm very aware of who uses this concept in terms of exercise. And her name is Dr. Stacey Sims. And she's written a book called Roar. And it really is all about how, once again, these hormonal fluctuations seriously impact your performance. And it's not to say that women are not capable of doing uh, challenging exercise. She is an, an athlete herself. And she's really a proponent of, you know, knowing and understanding this information. So that way, when you're training, you can use the right tools and techniques to support yourself. Um, But, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to make these crazy drastic shifts, whether it's with your training, your nutrition, your sleep, whatever it is, but you should know what's going on throughout the month and how your hormones affect you and in what ways, and then what you can do to support those changes and to make sure that you're not taking, you know, you're not going backwards in within your training efforts or you know, whatever it is. So that's kind of where the conversation is right now. Um, and there's more and more people who are um, beginning to demand that this research, you know, shows up. And um, it's really neat to see actually just the conversation picking up speed, I think, because there's more research coming out around, you know, when women are more susceptible to injuries, for instance, which is something that I'm particularly interested in as a certified athletic trainer, because that's where we work. We work within the realm of sports and sports injuries. And so knowing, okay, when are you going to be more susceptible to injuries and what types of injuries? That's really fascinating. Um, but then what can you do to help mitigate that and try to avoid that as an issue? But then also, I think in a I want to say 2015, whenever the U.S. women's soccer team won Worlds, they had talked about how they really took their cycle data into account and they started training around their cycle data. And they said it made a huge difference and it impacted their entire team. So you can see that people are really starting to take notice and it's exciting to kind of be on the cusp of this and think like, wow, we're going to have some really solid and interesting conversations and possibly some really good research in the coming years because more and more people are starting to recognize how important this is. Hmm. That's incredible. So tell me a little bit more about sync up your course, like what that, what that includes, what it teaches and what, what that looks like for someone who signs up to take the course with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so essentially it will help you to create your own cycle-based exercise course. And I call it a cycle-based exercise course because as I said, I don't think that you should be thinking about making these drastic changes throughout the month. I don't think that that is going to be supportive um, as a whole. Really, when you're talking about cycle-based exercise, you are looking at your charts, you're looking at your data, and you're understanding those little shifts that happen within your, your energy, your mood, the ability of your muscular tissue to recover, how your sleep is going to be affected, how your nutrition and your needs might be impacted. Um, And you're 
taking all of that information and just making little tweaks throughout the month. So especially I think if you're somebody who tends to fall off the wagon, and this was me, like this has been my experience and this is why I dove into the research and why I wanted to create this because I was like, I love, I'm an ex-championship Irish dancer and my husband got me into strength training when we were in college and I loved it and I do love it still. Um, But it was one of those things that, you know, I got into and would try different programs and then I'd fall off the wagon usually around my period, or if I was having like PMS symptoms that were bothering me. And I'm one of those people that's like all or nothing. If I fall off the wagon, (laughs) screw it. Like it's just, it's over. And it's a terrible attitude to have. But then when I started learning about this whole concept of cycle syncing and switching things up, I thought, you know, like this could actually be really helpful for somebody like me who, you know, wants to keep this up, but needs to respect the fact that I'm not going to have the same energy and I'm not going to have the same interest throughout the month. And besides that, I am not the biggest fan of the whole concept of really pushing yourself. Like, you know, everything in the fitness world is all about if you don't have a training goal, like you're messed up, you know, you need to, you need to be training for something, whether it's a marathon or you need to, you know, plan to squat 200 pounds, whatever it is. I'm like, that's Fabulous. If that's what you want to do, if you want to have a goal like that, if you want to do a powerlifting tournament, if you want to, you know, be a triathlete, go for it. That's awesome. I just want to move and feel good and stay strong and be healthy so I can lift my kids and go hiking and like do everything I want to do without, you know, taking 10 steps and being out of breath, (laughs) that kind of thing. So I'm not going to be measuring my progress the same way as somebody who has one of those goals, right? And that was why I found this was so helpful because, you know, when you take into account those natural inclinations and those natural fluctuations throughout the cycle, you're able to rest without feeling guilty. And you're able to prioritize sleep, for instance, or prioritize getting more calories when you need to. Like so many women don't understand that when you're in your luteal phase, when your progesterone is the dominant hormone, that second half of your cycle your metabolism naturally ramps up. And that's why you see an increase in your basal body temperature. With that increase in your metabolism, you also need, like physiologically need, an increase in calories. So you need anywhere between 100 and 500 extra calories at that time of the month. And if you're not getting that, your body's not going to prioritize keeping you at a really healthy place. Like it's going to prioritize survival. So just knowing these little things and having these little tools and tricks um, really helps to make sure that exercise becomes a tool for your health instead of something that is, you know, necessary to check off your to-do list to say, oh, I'm, I'm trying to keep as healthy as possible. I've, I've gotten my movement in for the day. No, it actually acts as a health tool instead of something that's really going against you. So that's where I found this to be really valuable. So the course itself then teaches women all of this information. It's going to teach you really what do you see throughout the month? What do you see within each phase hormonally? What does that look like um, in terms of which hormones are dominant and what are they doing to your brain, to your cardiovascular system, to your musculoskeletal system. And it sounds like it might get like super in-depth and sciencey. It doesn't. I try to keep things pretty, um, pretty available, I would say, to, you know, every, every population. 
because I don't want it to be an overwhelming, I didn't want it to be an overwhelming course. So it's really easy to get through, really easy to understand. But I think that everybody needs to have this basic knowledge of what's happening on, you know, this, this level of the body, what's, what is physiologically going on. Because if you don't understand that, if somebody just tells you, hey, you should do this exercise or this kind of intensity around this time of the month, you go, okay, I guess. (laughs) Um, But if you have that understanding of why you're doing it, then you're going to be able to, you know, really own that and tweak it in the right ways. So as I said, it teaches women all of that information on what's going on hormonally and how does that affect you. It also gives you the ability to really look at your goals and look at your exercise routine and say, is this serving me? You know, is this something that is contributing to my health or is this something that I'm just pushing on myself and trying to push through and actually acting as a stress on my body? So we go deep into that, make sure that that is, you know, it's useful to you and you're using it as a health tool. Um, And then I talk a lot about just supplemental information as well. So we dive into some nutrition and look into that and how you can, what you really need to understand in order to tweak things up throughout the month to support you. Talk about sleep and how sleep and rest and recovery are going to need to change a little bit throughout the month and what you can do just again those little minor tweaks and why it's so important to make sure that you are incorporating them at the right time um, and then we talk all about the different types of exercise as well and what systems of the body they're working because once again if you're somebody who just wants to get up and move and you just you know you want to be able to say that you've gotten an x amount of activity throughout the week that's great you can do that and you can make make this work however you want. Um, but if you're also somebody who says, you know, I, I would really like to get stronger, you should know what type of exercises are going to challenge the right systems of the body so you can get stronger. Or if you would like to be able to run three miles, you should know what types of exercise besides running, because there's more you can do that than just run, what types of exercise can you prioritize to help get you to that goal and how can you tweak it up throughout the month? So it brings all of this information together in this entire course, and it's a video-based course. So you're able to sit and listen to the video presentations, and then there's a ton of supplemental handouts to help you work through and like really create this routine and help you implement these changes throughout the month. Because obviously, everybody's cycle is different, right? And even your cycles might vary from month to month and your needs, you might see that they vary a little bit. So it brings all of that together. So you can look at your exercise routine and make sure, as I said, that it is serving you, that it's helping you, you know, use exercise as a healthcare tool, as opposed to something that's adding extra stress in your life and making sure that you are aware of how your needs change physiologically throughout the month and how you can address those through little lifestyle changes like nutrition and sleep and rest and all of that. I love how you keep using the phrase like little tweaks or minor tweaks or small shifts and changes because I think 
maybe at an initial listen, someone may be thinking, you know, I'm hearing you talk about nutrition and supplements and moving my body and sleep and, you know, things like that, my general health. And there can be this sense of overwhelm, like, oh man, there's so much that I could change based on this data about my cycle. But I love this, you know, minor tweaks, small shifts and encompassed in this conversation about really awareness of our bodies and awareness of ourselves, which is really a really holistic look at what self-care is supposed to be about. Oh, absolutely. Yes, definitely. And I think the other thing that I love about this too, is that it doesn't have to be all in and you don't have to do it all at once, you know? And, and when you have something like my course or, you know, I'm sure there are other options out there, just even, even when you're just charting and you're, you're paying attention, um, but there are, as I said, other options in terms of learning about how nutrition, your nutrition needs might might shift, things like that. Um, but just having your charts to look at and you know paying attention to how you feel, you can start making those little those little tweaks throughout the month. Whether it's noticing like I'm a little bit more tired, you know, starting about day seven or eight in my luteal phase, I'm going to try to shift my bedtime back thirty minutes earlier. So things like that, you know, you can start to pay attention to now and, and then you can see how does that impact me, you know, and is this something that I want to continue? Is it making a big difference in my life? Because once again, this isn't for everybody. This isn't something that everyone is going to need to or want to do, but I personally have just found it to be an exceptionally useful tool as somebody who has that tendency of really wanting to exercise, really wanting to check it off my to-do list but hating the feeling of being guilty when you don't get it done, you know, uh, or just thinking like, okay, well, I guess I'm just kind of pedaling my wheels to nowhere. <laughs> but, um, you know, you have then some structure within your cycle without it being a ridiculous goal that you don't actually want to achieve. Yes, that is a key part of it. <laughs> I don't yeah. actually want to achieve this goal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd love to dig out just a little bit deeper into that as you've been doing research around this course and learning more about cycle syncing and the history of that and the way that it impacts our understanding of moving our bodies, especially with what you do with um, athletic training and, and teaching fertility awareness. How has teaching this course and, and all of this knowledge that you've gained impacted your daily life? And can you think of maybe some small, those small tweaks that you've made when it comes to cycle syncing, whether that's in in exercise or even in other areas? Yeah. Um, The biggest tweak that I have made has been within my exercise routine. And I have used this now for uh, a while. I mean, I, as I'm eight months postpartum, so I haven't had the ability obviously to cycle sync, quote unquote, um, my exercise routine being pregnant and I'm still not cycling now. Um, But prior to being pregnant, I had been doing it for, I want to say almost a year. It was like eight, nine months, um, I think. And that was to me just the biggest stress relief, honestly, because I was really able to give myself a lot of grace, which I'm not very good at. at all and this is a really great practice for me to say you know what it's okay that I'm not feeling my best it's okay that you know I don't want to push it in this phase it's okay that um, I need to take a longer break and I could see that start to translate into other areas of my life Mm -hmm. so this is one of the reasons that I particularly love 
just fertility awareness and being aware of your cycle and being aware of how your hormones affect you because it does make you take a step back and look at everything from that bird's eye view and say, you know, how is this effect affecting me kind of globally? Um, how is this affecting my overall perspective of my health? And, you know, it really makes you decide if you are burning the candle at both ends too much. Mm -hmm. And like I said, for me, it, that just made such a big difference when I started my cycle-based exercise, other people might find that it makes the biggest difference for them to switch up, switch up their nutrition. I know so many women who love doing that. Um, or even if it's just, you know, planning your social life a little bit better or planning date nights, things like that. Um, it's, it's really up to what are your biggest priorities and where do you find that your cycle affects you the most, I would say, and how how can you use this knowledge to make those little tweaks to improve your lifestyle, no matter what that's through, whether it's exercise or food or, you know, self-care, whatever it is. So you, you teach fertility awareness. So the, so the sync up cycle, the sync up course doesn't include just a general, this is how to chart your cycle, right? No, it does not. Yeah. I mean, it's a very comprehensive course in and of itself and I didn't want it to be super overwhelming then. Um, so I have those separately. Great. So where can listeners find you online and learn all about those different courses, especially the one that we've been talking about today, which is sync up exercise and your cycles course. Yeah. You can find me on my website, which is luminahealthservices.com. It's L U M I N A healthservices.com. And I'm also on Facebook and Instagram under the same handle, Lumina health services. Excellent. Murray, the last question that I ask women who come on the podcast is the one that we'll close out our conversation with this evening. And it's this one. How do you live out the feminine genius, especially as a woman who is passionate about teaching women how to chart their cycles and really understand their hormones? Yeah, I always want to point back to the truth. And, you know, we know the truth is, of course, Christ himself. And I think that teaching women fertility awareness and teaching them to, you know, listen to their God-given intuition and pay attention to their own authentic lived experience is really how I can best do that. Because I find this, you know, it's so important and it's so underrated and it's really suppressed in our culture in this day and age. And I think that by teaching women the truth about their bodies and the truth about, you know, their feminine dignity, we can really help to lead a new generation to just so many improved outcomes in women's health. And besides that to really new heights within um, just recognizing and respecting the dignity of human life, because having that understanding of our bodies is only going to lead to respecting them more and respecting others. You use this phrase, a global view that resonates just beautifully with what you just shared. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast. This has been just such a joy to get to, get to know your story better, to know more about cycle syncing. That's been a subject that I've wanted to dive into for a long time. So thanks for coming on the podcast and sharing your knowledge with, about that. It was so fun, Chloe. I really appreciate you having me.
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Letters to Women. Check out the show notes for my conversation with Maraid over at letterstowomenpodcast.com. Or you can just scroll down in your podcast player to browse through links to check out the resources that we mentioned in this show, like Maraid's website, the link to sign up for her sync up course, and she's giving a special discount for Letters to Women listeners. So use the link in the show notes to get that discount. And then also make sure to follow Maraid on Instagram. Hands down, she has the best Instagram reels that I have ever seen related to anything fertility awareness. So you're going to want to give her a follow. And you can also find that link to browse the little Catholic box and discover the exclusive bonus gift that they have for you as a Letters to Women listener. Hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single new episode. And if you're an Apple user, and I know most of you are, I know I'm the holdout Android user over here. It would be really great if you left Letters to Women. Just a quick review. Let me know how I'm doing and tell other Catholic women about why you like the show. I love browsing through those reviews, getting to know you better as a listener, but then also learning how to shape the show in the future based on your thoughts and feedback. So if you leave your comments and suggestions there in that in that review, there's a really good chance that your thoughts are going to help me shape the shows that are coming here in 2022. So check out all the behind the scenes info over at my Instagram account at letters to women underscore podcast. Each of the following weeks after an episode goes live, I unpack quotes and thoughts that a guest shared on the podcast and just really also get to the chance to know you as a listener in the comment sections and in the DMs. Say a prayer for me. I am still knee deep in book edits over here for my third book that is coming out in spring on the feminine genius in friendship and why friendship with women is so important in our lives. So it's this really practical nitty gritty guide to friendship that I cannot wait to share with you, but pray for me because (laughs) editing season is hard. And unfortunately I have not cycle synced it. So I'm kind of trudging along, but it's too soon. So it's gotta, gotta get done. (laughs) That is all I have for today's episode. So until next time, be not afraid.